You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Captain Beefheart and his magic band, Trout Mask Replica. In the room, I have Rob. Yes, sir. And Ben. I am here. Trout Mask <laughs> Replica is the third album by American rock band Keeping Captain Beefheart and his magic band, released as a double album on June 16th, 1969. The producer is Frank Zappa, and the genre is avant-garde, art, rock, blues, experimental rock. And from All Music Review, Steve Huey. Trout Mask Replica is Captain Beefheart's masterpiece, a fascinating, stunning, imaginative work that still sounds like little else in the rock and roll canon. Given total creative freedom by producer and friend Frank Zappa, Beefheart and his magic band rehearsed the material for this 28-song double album for over a year, wedding minimalistic R&B, blues, and garage rock to free jazz and avant-garde experimentalism. Atonal, sometimes sing-song melodies, jagged, intricate, constructed dual guitar parts, stuttering, complicated, rhythmic interactions. All of these elements float out seamlessly at random, often without completely interlocking, while Beefheart groans his surrealist poetry in a throaty, howling wolf growl. The disjointedness is perhaps partially unintentional. Reportedly, Beefheart's refusal to wear headphones while recording his vocals caused him to <laughs> sing in time with the studio reverberations, not the actual backing tracks. But all, by all accounts, the music and arrangements were carefully scripted by Captain, aided by John Drumbo French, which makes the results even more remarkable, as one might expect from music so complex and to so many ears inaccessible. The influence of Trout Mask Refco was felt more in spirit than direct copycatting as a catalyst rather than a literal musical starting point. However, it's inspiring reimagining of what was possible in the rock context laid the groundwork for countless future experiments in rock surrealism, especially during the punk and new wave era. All right. What do we think of trout mask replica? I hated this when I was a teenager and I had not gone back to revisit it since uh, I've since listened to it five more times <laughs> since then, and honestly, it, it's way better than I remember it being. Um, it it was it's still fucking out there, and I still don't like the way he sings. But the crazy fucking polyrhythms that are happening and how how it's intentional, like that the the fact that it's intentional and it sounds this way is unreal how well rehearsed they were going in to do this thing. Um, I, 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 I like, you don't, you don't get the music I enjoy without this. And I, I, I don't know if that's the best way to, uh, to, to broach the subject, but yeah, I mean, without this record, there's, there's not, there's, there's no Robert and his, 
his his musical tastes, and yeah, especially um, uh, early Devo, uh, Hardcore Volume One and Two, like I I thought was like the most wacky out there shit that I'd ever heard when I you know got it when I was nineteen and. Going back and listening to this, I was like, oh, they were just listening to Captain Beefheart and doing their best Beefheart impression. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. I, 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 I don't like the fact he sounds like uh, Dr. John. I, I don't <laughs> like his Dr. John. Sounds like Howlin' Wolf to me. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, it's oh, more Howlin' Wolf than, than Dr. John. Captain John Wolf. John, John Wolf. <laughs> Esquire. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Did you have more? Uh, no, oh, it, okay. it, it's crazy, and I didn't know that it was almost eighty minutes long. And it's so long, it's very long. That, that is a, that is a lot of noise. Uh, yeah, I kind of felt the same way that you felt. Where I had listened to it. I mean, I think every all of us kind of you you look for different interesting weird things, and this always comes up in lists or whatever. And you're like, "What is that? That seems odd." And people say it's arty and you know weirdness so you always you're like well let's let's dig in let's let's find out what's going on here and yeah i'm pretty sure when i listened to it before i was like ah it just did I'm not pass not, the sniff test not getting there for me um listening to it this week you know i thought it was okay i didn't love everything but i do think i uh, i felt like there was a lot more good than i initially yeah. had had thought the fact that this is intentional, the fact that this band could, like, I don't even know if they're all still alive, but the fact that they could just go out and replicate this verbatim whenever they wanted is very impressive. And the whole creating and recording process, you know, it's it's art. That being said, I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've now listened to it uh, four or five times, and the first time I listened to it when I was younger, like it, just, yeah, same thing for you. You know, you're looking for something new, something weird. Someone's like, "Oh, this is new and weird." So I was like, you know, like what's behind this door? You crack it open, like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like sour milk, like, no, next. <laughs> uh, are you saying this is the cottage cheese of... I like cottage of, cheese. This is, this is spoiled milk. <laughs> this is safe as spoiled milk. Okay. But, uh, now, I, I've been listening to it these past few days multiple times because, you know, I, I kept on... There's a good Matt Groening quote uh, about how much he hated it when he first heard it. He was a big Zappa fan. And Zappa was involved with this, so he bought it, and he felt betrayed because a double album costs a lot of money to a kid. And he said after about three listens, he, he realized, like, oh, they're doing this on purpose. Like, that's weird. And then after about six or seven listens, it was like the penny dropped, and he was like, oh, this is beautiful. And I was kind of curious as, like, will I get to that? And I was kind of nervous that I would get to that because I've actually spent a lot of time, you know, shit talking this because I, I don't like listening to it. I'm like, what if I listen to it once? I'm like, no, oh, no, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. But I don't think that I'm going to get there anytime soon. You think you're going to be brainwashed like he was brainwashing the band? Oh, my like, goodness. Can we talk about sure. how abusive he was to this band? These poor, starving band? <laughs> 
abusing them emotionally and physically and starving them. He's like, I just wanted to learn how to play guitar to meet girls. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Like, no, you're starving in this cabin and I'm going to hit you. (laughs) Yep. You're in my commune now. Uh, I think some of that stuff was like made up. They tried to, you know, the captain would, he, he was notorious for, you know, myth making, making up these legends about him and where he came from and all sorts of as a crazy far, person far do. yeah exactly exactly but yeah i think there was a lot of uh berating the band and you know forcing working long hours and making them work extra hard now the crazy a thing cup of soybeans a day yeah yeah what was the drumbo or something said mm-hmm. that he went a whole month and all he got were a cup of soybeans a day yeah whole month the, the, so, the band members had taken to shoplifting because they were starving. <laughs> so it's hold, like Black Flag. Hold, hold up. He's playing mind games with them, literally. And the whole like composition process, it's almost like it's like outsider art. Oh, yeah. Because so like Don Van Vliet or Captain Beefheart, he's not musically trained. If you've ever heard him play saxophone, you can attest to that. Uh, he's not musically trained, but he's got these, he's got this music in his brain. So he's like sitting at the piano and he's just kind of like finding these weird, like musical phrases, like regardless of like, they're, they're not in a key, you know, he just like, he's smashing the notes that his brain hears. And then the yeah, Drumbo who actually can read music and transcribe music is given the task of, the stuff that that Captain Beefheart is is just hammering out on the piano. He's like that. I want. I want write that down. So he's like writing down like these notes that he plays. So then like he's got in each one was just like a little snippet. Yeah. So he's got these snippets of notes, and then basically they just like exquisite corpse them together. Like this one and this one. You play these, and you play like this one and this one and this one, and. And rehearse it for eight months until you have these crazy things memorized. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, now, the weird thing about that, and yeah, you can go deep into how much they recorded or how much they uh, they practiced and they practiced and practiced and tried to get all this perfect. My question, though, is on, a, on an album like this, you want to record, I think they had already recorded like eight songs, maybe four songs at the time. But they're recording 20 songs in six hours, right? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. What are I mean, you... This album is an hour and a to... half long. So that's this... Like, they have four times the length of this album to record this album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and that's... I'm guessing that include overdubs or... No, his vocals and... Vocals, oh, that's right. vocals, vocals took were like different. two or were, three days, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just thinking... Why wouldn't he wear headphones? Because <laughs> he's a crazy person and he doesn't want the satellites in his ears. No, there's. Oh, I, I want to see if I can find a quote, but uh, it'll take me a second. But, okay, so let's just say I have this uh, weird idea. You know, I want to do all this stuff. I want to make it real weird, real crazy. I have a big concept. I want to make it a double album. Why, why 20 songs in six hours? Why not either have more time? Or reduce the number of songs for this particular one, and then do those at a at a later time. I'm do just not, trying to figure it figure out like why not feed your captive band? Yeah, well, do you not think that was a Zappa push? 
to do as many songs as possible. Yeah. So they were like, okay, let's see what we can do with... You have... you have crazy ideas. Let's see how far you can be pushed to, to get all this music out there like that with, that with a band within this time. That's kind of what I thought okay. he was going for. Like um, him being at the helm, like it, it seems like, oh yeah, let's let's get fucking weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, at the end of the day, it is just outside our art. And well, uh, but that's the thing though is you can always take your time with some of this stuff. I I kind of equated this album to maybe. Uh, Jackson Pollock uh, this week. I was just sort of thinking about, you know, what's kind of related to this. So ja- Jackson Pollock, the you know, a lot of people will say he's a drip painter or something like that. So at first glance, some people might look at that and be like, well, someone just took paint and they just threw it around, you know, on the canvas, he right? Drip more than paint on those canvases. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. He would yeah. like get so into his work, he'd relieve himself on the canvas like while working. Yeah. Warhol also did some uh, stinky paintings, right? o- oxidation art, <laughs> if you will. I don't like art anymore. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying. Somebody might look at this or put this on and be like, well, that's just a bunch of people making noise or whatever. And it, then you kind of dig in and you're like, oh, actually, he's thinking more about that. But unlike this album, which was recorded in six hours, he could take the time to go back and you know, do whatever he needed to do to make this a complete concept. I just feel a little cheated on this album because I'm like, I want to see what you would have done if you had a week in the studio. If he had had a week in the studio, it, he, it would just would have been that much longer. Of an album. <laughs> it would have been, been like a Queen songs. Temple album. <laughs> all the colors that nature do. Hi, Ella. Hi, Ella Guru. So he refuses to wear headphones in the studio when he's doing his vocal tracks. So he can't actually hear the music. He hears a little bit of that's ble- what that's what they said. Here's a little I don't bit know of bleed. True. I mean, well, I've heard the album, <laughs> <laughs> and I believe it. Okay. So as a result, the vocals are only vaguely in sync with the instrumental backing. When asked later about synchronization, he remarked, "That's what they do before a commando raid, isn't it? <laughs> like synchronize, I guess, like." He's a he's a he's a crazy person, and he's tormenting that poor band. It kind of sounds like it sometimes. Uh, the other thing, I mean, I went through uh, song by song. Did you guys have any favorites, by the way? I've got. I was gonna ask because I, I kind of told you a couple. That breakdown lines. on Ella Garou is fucking dope. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually. Yeah, like it. It, it, it it's never a favorite song it's just a favorite part in a song yeah. really like it's, yeah i guess a, a lot of the songs you have like a part or something that you attach to there are i don't there's not any song where i'm like ooh that's my jam but there are like rob said there's parts of songs uh i wrote down like the one that i think was most stuck out to me was uh Pachuco cadaver uh i wrote down next to it 
almost a groove. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I honestly, I, I have a soft spot for Frownland because like each it. individual part is off. Like every yeah, yeah. single one of them, it just sound it, it, it really does sound like people playing like completely wrong. Yeah, it sounds like if you were to te- you were to take a drummer who's playing a different song and a guitar who's playing a different song and they're all playing different and just overlap all that yeah. together in different time signatures and everything. I thought that was really cool. I struggled a lot when like I laugh every time I hear it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> <laughs> Cause like as far as like an opening salvo for a fucking record, like it, th- this record is out there. It gets a like I, I don't know if it gets less out there as it goes on, or if I just become accustomed to hearing it. I think it does. It gets a little less out there, right? Yes, because like opening this up with that particular song absolutely immediately turned people off. That was that was like my spoiled milk sniff test, you know, <laughs> as, as a young person exploring the music. Like you push play, frown land, 30 seconds in, <laughs> nope, like, next. Let's see what Velvet Underground sounds like, I guess, you know? <laughs> I sent that to my brother uh, earlier this week, like, hey man, did you ever try getting a beef fart? And I was like, just, just see if you can get 30 seconds into this song. He was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I found that interesting, though, because Frownland actually does those different time signatures and things like that, whereas a lot of these go, just go to 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. I mean, they just straight up... And I'm I'm less interested in a lot of that. They're fucking wacky, man. Yeah. Like they don't make any sense. And but that's what's interesting to my ear. Like yeah. you know that that's like oh man, listen to that. Yeah. You know. I just think some sometimes though he when he's singing over, unless you sit there and you really dig in repeated listens or something, you're going to just. It's going to glaze over because you're, you're going to be listening to vocals and then that stuff in the background, it sounds like people just messing around. Like, it really does. The vocals are it, the weakest part of the the record to me. Um, like, I'm way more interested in what's happening in the background. Yeah. So I think it's, it's strange that they made all these specific parts they practiced for so long and then some of it is covered up in the mix by the vocals where you... You would want to dig in a bit more, it's but it's strange like, eh. that he locked these people in a room, made him practice for eight months, gave him six hours to record it, and then took his sweet fucking time putting vocals down four days later. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Just, did, just a weird fucking album and a weird dude. If I was, I feel I commiserate for this band. I, I feel that I feel I I feel like they got Stockholm syndrome. Uh, well, he did get like a younger band that were, the the players were more impressionable. Mm-hmm. That's what they said that he had fired his other band. But if <laughs> I was in this band, people. if I was in this band and I was like, okay, so we learned your batshit crazy songs and we rehearsed them for eight months while you kept us locked up and didn't feed us. And then not only are you taking your time with the vocal tracks, but you're not even listening to this music that you were insistent that we play specifically like this, you piece of shit. Like, that, that would be my take if I was in that band. Like, you're just going to sing all, all ramble bamble around it? Like, no. We made this song sound exactly like your crazy brain wanted it to. Now you listen to it, and you sing. Yeah, there was a quote... Uh, by 
someone in the band, I think it was a drum, the drummer, yeah. the guy who composed all that, and he was talking about, man, this is so hard to play, or somebody was saying, oh, this is so difficult to play, and he's like, well, just imagine me, I gotta sing over that shit. <laughs> 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 Lester Banks. Lester Banks. Bangs. Bangs. Yeah, yeah Bangs. he he he, uh, he 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 did a write up uh, on this record, like, and it, it pre- pretty much a glowing review of it, like saying it sounds like nothing else that's ever been put down, and like you pick something up new every time you like listen to it. Uh, yeah, I would say that too, though. I mean, he said something about how it didn't sound ahead of its time; it sounded like out of time. Yeah, and, like just like existing on a whole different plane than our than our. Menial linear time. <laughs> the the weird thing, not to go back to the the recording and only recording for this amount of time, but I did get a little tired of it's the same guitar tone, right? Oh well, yeah, I mean, recorded you, the drums the same way, the bass sounds the same. They had six hours. So that that to me is striking because it's like, what were you doing? I mean. Well, you, you wanted to make something interesting. You recorded. You spent all this time, and this is the. You, you don't right, change up this guitar. You don't do any band, of that stuff. The band this members is weren't contributing input. You know, they were they just playing. They were just extensions of Don Van Vliet, and Don Van Vliet may not have just been thinking about guitar tone because he's just trying to get like the the, the demons out of his head. You know. Yeah, I just feel like to be a tr- to be truly unique and original and interesting, maybe th- also think about tonality along with this. I mean, you, you can do math rock and all this complicated stuff all day, all you want, but... But he pretty much threw tonality out of the fucking window with this. Like, it, it, this is as atonal as, and dissonant as anything that's ever been put down to tape. I heard him, his stories, like, covering symbols with cardboard and stuff like that. Just trying to, yeah, like, just, like, go for atonal. Yeah. So, um, basically, he wanted all the songs to sound repetitive, the same, have the have this, this I, mishmash of... Like, I, I don't... Not have a unique, you know, voice sounds, within anything. I think that it probably sounds exactly how he wanted it to yeah and or, it's, the pet, it, it's the pet sounds effect yeah so sort of like <laughs> but like this but, is they, it. but the other way but the dark side yeah. <laughs> the, the other side of that coin the inverse pet sounds uh i there was a good quote and a review by uh robert Criscow that i liked he said this album is great played at high volume when you're feeling shitty because you'll never feel as shitty as this sounds <laughs> B plus. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Rob? Wait, ultimately, how do you feel about it? I think we're. Are we all on the same page that it should probably be in the book? I mean, just sh- to be different, just to have that an artistic statement. I, I think. I think sure. they could have dropped 
his first record, which is a little more accessible, and just oh, put this like one Safe in. Is milk, I prefer Save as Of course you do, but that's not. I don't think that's the point of of Captain Beefheart. Like at the end of the day, the thing he's known for isn't Safe as Milk. It's because of this record that we we know him and the subsequent uh, like yeah. bands and sounds that came afterwards. Like it, it, it can't be understated how important this was to the future of rock music. It doesn't make it any easier to listen to, but it is weird capturing like every now and again, you hear like just a little bit of like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like just little clips of brilliance in between like the ramblings of a madman and a band just playing perfectly the insane shit that that dude made him play. So no, yeah, I, 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 I think it deserves to be in this record. Or I think it deserves to be in this, uh, this book. I, I, it's not going to be a thing I go back to and, and re-listen on the regular. So, yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that neutral? No, that, 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 that it's, it's, it's a positive. Okay. Yeah. Net positive for me, but. You know, it's it is a work of art. You know, uh, it's and I don't want to listen to this record. It, <laughs> it's it's fucking skittle shit paintings. Would you recommend it to anybody? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like okay. I would rec. I, I would take Abba Zabba over any song on this record again any day of the week. Uh, do I think it belongs here? I mean, yeah, because you know you should all. Like, it's important to push the boundaries and. He more than pushed the boundaries. He you know, left him in the dust behind him. And, you know, someone's got to do that. Had he not done it, would someone else have done it? I think probably eventually. You know, there's always going to be crazy people with impressionable young bands that they can just torment and bend to their will and starve and emotionally abuse. You know, I'm glad he captured it. I'm glad that there's a historic record of this. That being said, I, I, I just don't like listening to it. This is no. important. This means something. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a pillar of mashed potatoes. Yeah. I like parts of it. I like the I like the more delta blues parts um, where it's more cohesive and I like the parts where it's more like a like a math rock experimentation of different parts playing over each other. I appreciate some of the poetry, maybe not all of it. Um, and I kind of like his voice, although I like Howlin' Wolf and some of those other uh, blues uh, musicians that have sort of that deep gravel voice, muddy waters and everything. And so he's stretching, you know, if you want to say blues or rock or whatever in that completely far out direction. Who knows what it is? Yeah. (laughs) But I think it is a little overwrought. It's way too long. It it could absolutely get the point across with with a single album. Had Um, this been like a 30, 40 minute record? Which I might have a better opinion. I, I think so. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would. Um, now I, I'm all for people doing whatever they want to do, um, and maybe this is just like what he needed to do to get it across, and you know he wanted everything exactly this way. That's fine, but I do feel like some of the songs do just they go into this like four four. They go into these almost traditional patterns, and so it just seems not as not as uh, enjoyable as trying to stretch my my mind out a little more with the the weird stuff or whatever it's i do like his the sequencing though he kind of brings it in with different um elements 
of that slow blues or this doesn't have the band. It's only his vocals um, and doing different things, having a completely instrumental part. But yeah, I'm I'm going to go neutral just because I can't, I don't totally hate it. I, I actually kind of like some of the songs and I w- would probably put some of the songs on a mixtape or listening to them again as strictly as blues a kind of songs. for who? Uh, you know, I like could... Like a friend of yours? <laughs> Someone you're trying to freak out? No, no. I mean, there, there are some songs like Sugar and Spikes and... Uh, I like the like the falsetto backing vocals in and, Sugar and Spikes. Uh, yeah. Chi- China Pig, which ha- is the one that we just listened to, it yeah. has that very far away bluesy sound. It, mm-hmm. it's, it almost sounds like a field recording or something like that. Yeah. You know, kind of things like that. Like I would put that in uh, somewhere. But yeah, some of the more just here's you know it, it doesn't sound cohesive you know together and everything. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It, there's there's certain things I think it should be in the book just because it's like try it out. I mean, just check out this weird thing that happened. You know, this this is a happening that happened. Yeah. In, in, in my humble opinion, though, I don't think that cutting this down to a an, an album that was 40 minutes long would have made it any easier for anyone to get into. Like, oh, I don't think it, so either. It, but it would change my opinion, probably, what it, my personal. Not, yeah, not me on yeah, this one was, because he wasn't going like th- this. Record has nothing to do with like ease of listening or anything it it's where do you start or stop anything like yeah but it, i think that a shorter I, I don't think it would be more necessarily accessible but it'd be more digestible if like if exactly this was, your brain turns off at, at a certain point you know listen yeah. to this straight through your brain just is is not oh, is just going to turn <laughs> off right I, I know and so you're you're literally just listening to some of the songs without without an appreciation for actually what's going on within the mm-hmm. album. I think that's just inherent in how we listen to music and how we, you know, can take it in and everything. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, I if, if, yeah, if, if I like this stuff to, to like, if you're ever going to get it, like if you're, if you're of the opinion that like, Oh yeah, no, you just need to spend your time with it. And eventually you'll get it. You need to like hear through it. Like if that's, the take, it would be easier if it was less than what almost ninety minutes of stuff. You know, like yeah, your brain turns off. It's just, it's really hard to digest in one sitting. You know. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Credence Clearwater Revival by You Country. All right. Thanks, y'all. Yep. Fast and bulbous. That's right. The mascara snake. Fast and bulbous. Also a tin teardrop. Bulbous also tapered. That's right. Peanut, her little head clinking like a barrel of red velvet balls, full past noise. Treats fill her eyes, turning them yellow like enamel coated tacks. Soft like butter, hard.